The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, here we arrive at the Feast of Epiphany. It actually was yesterday on the 6th. That's the 12th day of Christmas when my true love gave to me. Well, I forget all those gifts. Um, but the church moves it when it comes on like a Saturday, moves it to the Sunday so that everybody can appreciate this great feast. Um, if it had been earlier in the week, like Wednesday, Thursday, we would have celebrated it then. And then this Sunday would have been the baptism of the Lord. And uh, that actually is tomorrow. And that is the official closing of the Christmas season. So we'll go from all of our white and gold to back to green. And we'll be green, ordinary time, until February 14th this year, which is a Wednesday, and it happens to be St. Valentine's Day, and it will be Ash Wednesday. Then we will shift to purple again and go to the penitential time uh, of preparation for Easter. And you see all these liturgical things that we do, not just with the colors and the, and the prayers of the church, but with the readings, they, they focus us. Now, this is a particularly rich time, the Christmas time. Um, we have the whole Advent season leading up to this, and then we celebrate this uh, for at least 13 days this year until the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. But it's also a little odd because chronologically, we bounce all over the place. For example, we just heard this gospel uh, the Epiphany Gospel, giving the story about these three kings and their servant who come to the place of Jesus, following the light of the star, and then bringing the gifts. And the gifts are very important. They're also mentioned at the end of the Isaiah story, linking uh, the promise that Israel would become a light to all the nations. And then this symbolizing uh, the, the Gentiles that came uh, or were drawn to Jesus Christ. And the second reading links with that that uh, it would be opened up to all the Gentiles and to everybody, this knowledge of Christ. So, in this story of the Epiphany, the three kings come, and they, word gets out that there's three kings or three magi in town. What are they doing here? So the king, King Herod, calls them in, 
And he finds out that they say that a great king has been born in Israel, and they've come to do homage to the king. They've been led by the star. So King Herod becomes, shall I say, irritated? He's not very happy. Um, and he's a powerful king. When, if King Herod gets a cold, everybody gets a cold. If he has a headache, everybody better say they have a headache. Don't let it all be on Herod. And so Herod then finds out from his leaders, uh, religious leaders, what this story is about. So he calls the three Magi kings in to, to have an audience with them, and he says, listen, uh, where is he going to be born? They said, Bethlehem. They said, well, when you go there, would you find out? He's playing all innocent and everything, this King Herod. What a nasty man. He says, uh, when you find out, come and give me the word where he is so I can go pay him homage too, uh-huh, with a sword. That's the homage he was going to give him. And so, in fact, uh, they were going to come back, but an angel tells them in the dream or at night or whenever, don't go back that way to King Herod, go this way and avoid him. And that's the end of the story, but it's not the end of the story. Because the very next passage we're going to find out that the king was infuriated that the Magi didn't come back and report to him as he asked them to do. And instead, he sends his soldiers out and says, kill every baby boy two years and younger. Get him and kill all the rest. He was vengeful and angry. Well, there's the story. But we don't hear all of that. Now, where do we hear that? We hear that three days after Christmas. And it's always the same. We celebrate Christmas Day on the 25th. The 26th, the next day, is the Feast of St. Stephen, the first martyr of the church. The next day is the Feast of St. John the Evangelist. And the next day is the Feast of the Holy Innocents. So chronologically, we've already celebrated what follows here uh, weeks ago. But that's just part of the liturgical richness. You could call it a buffet. It's a Christmas buffet, all these rich foods here, all this rich uh, celebration. Um, but today focuses very strongly on the light. And that really is the unifying thing today. The light that led everybody to Christ the light and the light that we are supposed to receive. Um, there happens to be somebody here, oh, I'm just going to say it, Fletcher back there. Fletcher uh, um, told me a couple years ago, uh, and, I, and Fletcher, you correct me after Mass if I don't have it all exactly right. I don't have all the details. But he was enlisted, I think, by... Uh, Larry Garcia, I think, to get into the Knights of Columbus here. And it was their custom to go and take food and water down the skid row and give it to people who were living on the streets. And um, Fletcher told me of his experience. And he said to me something like this, Father Perry, to be quite frank, I went down there thinking, oh, why did these people get back to work and all? Why are they, you know, why are they out there begging for food and everything? So Larry takes him down there, and Larry is totally committed to this, and they get out there, and he encounters this black woman living on the street. I hope I get this right. And um, he offered her water, and she explained, she told her story, and she was one of those people, and there are a lot of them, that are one paycheck away from disaster, uh, one paycheck away from um, uh, having medical bills that get them evicted from their home or apartment or whatever. So that was her story, and it was a very hot day, Fletcher said, and he gave her the water, and she was so grateful. She melted his heart. She changed him. So she was this light that enlightened his heart, 
And he came back and shared his story and enlightened my heart even more. And I'm telling it to you today, enlightening all of you. So where'd this light come from? This, this poor woman just was so grateful for a little water. For a little water. Enlightening him, enlightening me, enlightening all of you. Now what are you going to do with it? I'm not telling you to go out and tell that story, but don't you see, when we get the light, the light changes us. And when we receive the light of Christ, uh, then, then we can draw others to Christ's light through his word, his example, the living of his life, and we can change the world. So we have this connection, a beautiful connection in this buffet of readings and liturgical stuff. Last week, we celebrated the presentation of Jesus in the temple by Joseph and Mary. And when they came to the temple, this is what they did. They gave their child to God. They said, here he is to you, for you, God. He's your child. Years ago, uh, I read something uh, about a woman in South America. I forget exactly the context, but um, uh, she, I think she lost her child, and she said uh, she wasn't, she was grieving, she she missed her child, and it was a great loss. But she said, but you know, that child wasn't my child. That was God's child. And I, I, I didn't own the child. I was blessed with the child for as long as I had him. And I was grateful to God. I wish it could have been longer, but I was grateful to God. He went back to God, and it's God's child. And I thought to myself, whoa, I, I, could somebody actually say this and mean it? So not long after that, a couple came into the office and asked for a blessing because she lost her child um, uh, before the child was born, stillborn. And, uh, and she, was, she, she was grieving, you know, and, and she asked for a blessing for them both. And then the story unfolded a little bit more. She was very Catholic, and that's why she came. She just felt she needed God's blessing after her great loss. And the man, I asked him how he was doing. He said, I'm okay. He says, I'm not Catholic. In fact, I, I think he wasn't even Christian. And um, I said, well, well you know, uh, I just want you both to know it, it's very normal to be angry after a loss like this and to even be angry at God. Not that God caused it. I don't believe that. But, but people see it that way often. And I just want you to know if you should be angry at God, it'll pass, but don't, don't feel guilty about it. And he says to me, this non-Christian, he says, oh, I'm not angry at God. He says, I, I believe in God, although I'm not in any particular church or faith. He says, but I'm not angry at God. God is big. God is huge. God, God, everything belongs to God. So, you know, yeah, I miss the fact that we don't have a, a child now, but that's all right. I'm not angry at God. And I thought to myself, my goodness, uh, where do these things come from in people? And again, here was somebody who didn't even have a, this particular faith in Christ giving me the light. And so I, I see in this, this is a great, great feast. The Filipinos, they um, really celebrate the light. I, at least this is from my point of view. Uh, and I thought it was out there still, but I think they took it down yesterday when they took down the trees. They had one of those lights that, that is a star in all these colors, and it's blinking all over the place. And the Filipinos really highlight the light. And I, I, I'm assuming it's intentional. I don't know the history of it. 
I think it maybe goes along with the Simbangabi, but they really celebrate that light. And I think that's a very wise thing to do because that's what we're about here. So finally, you know, what brought these three magi and this servant here? Well, Isaiah says that Isaiah was proclaiming that Israel would become the light to the nations, would draw all nations to it. And here these men from a different nation, not Jewish, Gentiles, but who were very, very familiar with sacred writings of a lot of the, the ancient writers and must have probably had even a connection with this Isaiah passage, I'm not sure. So they came and they fulfilled what that Isaiah passage said. They're drawn to the Christ by the light of a star. And they came bearing gifts because they believed what that star said. There's a great king being born. And the gifts that they bring are really significant. Who gets gold usually as a gift in the scriptures and the writings, ancient times? Kings. Kings got gold. They went around getting all the gold they could get, the most precious metal. Who got incense? The gods. Even, even ancient gods and, and idolatrous gods, you burned incense to the gods. That's what we do. The, the incense rises up, the smoke up to the heavens, and, and it's, it's praise to God. What's the myrrh used for? Burial. Burial. Precious to, to bury someone to preserve the body. So here they brought these gifts. Uh, accidental? I don't think so. This is a fulfillment of the word. And they brought these gifts to this great new king born in a manger. Hello, born among animals. But this is what this feast is about. The light led them there. The light revealed them to Christ. They paid him homage, fell on their faces before him because they truly believed what that light said to them. So I ask you and I ask myself, we are bearers of that light. We've been brought to Christ by this light. Maybe we don't make all those connections, but the more that we know this Christ, the more we can become that light for others too. And so, um, again, in the Fletcher story, here's somebody who went into a situation to do some good, but wasn't exactly connected with it until it touched him and it changed him and it gave him light and he has shared that light, and that's exactly what we should do. This is our feast. We're an epiphany people. We're an epiphany church. We're epiphany individuals who have been asked to receive the light and then to go forth and give that light to others.